Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuberist. Today, I'm going to try to follow the uh, schedule a little more than I have been for the reason that I got shit to do. Yo, you might even say that this is a spoiler warning. No, wait, what? Not even a good segue. Not even... I should not even use the word segue for that. I don't know what it is, but I apologize. What I will not apologize for is that I may or may not spoil things that are listed in the episode description. It is not a 100% by any means chance of spoilers, but I am warning of them just in case. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show for some reason... Is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> oh, silly rabbit. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, or comment within iTunes. Because for podcasts to grow, they need those things. It's like the, the, the sun and the water... Uh, and the plant food for plants, but for podcasts and rating and subscribing. Okay, <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about, which is not necessarily unusual. What is else not unusual? Oh my god, what is happening to me? Is pushing this button. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Dragon Ball Funeral Home. Okay, so have four, which means I shouldn't have too much difficulty fitting uh, these movies in, um, which was sort of one of my thoughts. One of my very rare pre-podcast related thoughts of let's not watch a sh- more movies than you can talk about in a five minute or so period. Genius. Dragon Ball Z... Colon, Resurrection F. Stupid title. So stupid. But the movie was a just an extremely pleasant surprise, I will say. Uh, if you have never seen a Dragon Ball Z movie, the, the, the potential for you liking this is probably not as high as someone like myself who has seen every episode, has, I think, seen all the movies, I'm fairly certain. And is just sort of a big uh, fan of the franchise in general. Uh, this will hit a lot of your like buttons. I can guarantee it. One of the things that it does well is I haven't watched much Dragon Ball Z in quite a while. Like it's been a long while since the last movie came out. I do believe. You know what? I should look into that. 
and the television show, I think it was maybe even pre-podcast, might have been the last time that I watched it. I know I have it on DVD, but there's some weird region, so I couldn't watch them on a normal DVD player. I do remember that. Anyways, uh, so Dragon Ball Z, although in my brain, is uh, not strong in my brain because I hadn't watched it in a while. Uh, the reason I say that is you hop right into the action to this without missing a beat at all. Uh, I'm sort of hazard a guess that those who did watch Dragon Ball Z, even if you didn't watch every single episode, probably know the sort of Frieza saga. Uh, the F in the title, the titular F, stands for Frieza. Uh, sh- <laughs> fucking confusing as hell. Uh, up until Frieza is a guy. Uh, the voice actor who did Frieza back in the day sounded like a girl. The, the, the sort of character looks sort of girlish. Uh, and up until well after uh, I had watched every episode, uh, I thought it was a girl. But Frieza's actually a guy. Anyways, that doesn't really matter, I suppose. Although, it's sort of weird. Uh, Frieza is back. She was... See, I have problems with the pronouns with Frieza because I always want to say she. So I'll just fucking do it then because this is my podcast and I can she if I want to. She is back from death as tends to happen in the Dragon Ball Z universe because when you get the Dragon Balls together make a wish, you can bring people back. Uh, is she back and worse than ever? Well, find out by watching this movie that I give a 5 out of 5. Really, really liked it. Uh, Highly recommend specifically to Dragon Ball Z fans, anime fans. You're going to like this. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, Next movie is War Games. The classic 1983 War Games. Uh, Jeez. Can't remember the last time I saw it. Uh, this falls under a category that I seem to be having a lot more of lately, which is movies I hear people talking about fondly on podcasts, and then either realizing I've never seen them, or realizing it's been a long time since I've seen them. Uh, this one, for the most part, holds up. Definitely 80s vibe, and some of the some of the stuffs in it will have you rolling your eyes, guaranteed. Uh, let me read the IMDA. A young man finds a backdoor into a military central computer in which reality is confused with game playing, possibly starting World War Three. Uh, if we ever have a World War Three, uh, that will not make sense, that description. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so uh, does it hold up? For the most part, uh, I think I could still, with a fair amount of confidence, go 4 out of 5 if you're in the mood for it. Uh, I was, so that's what I'll give it. Huh? Uh, okay, next we have Dirty Grandpa. This movie was not very good. <laughs> it should come as no surprise. I didn't go into it thinking it was good. Uh, I heard nothing but bad about it. But uh, the missus and I, we quite often on Saturday nights get a couple of drinks, watch a funny movie. Uh, Not necessarily a good funny movie, sometimes a bad funny movie, which this definitely falls into the category of. Which is a shame because the sort of highlights are Aubrey... Ah, fuck. I knew I said I was going to stick to the... uh, the the timer but i lied to myself as well so don't you feel too bad 
uh, highlights Aubrey Plaza, who I love, and Jason Manzukas, who I really love. Uh, they were great in it, in the roles that they were given. So, for them alone, I would give this movie, you know, three stars. Which, if you don't know, if you're a new listener, first off, welcome. Secondly, I use three for uh, enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. Which, this four parts of it <laughs> fits in that. There's other parts where it was just a bad movie. Robert De Niro, I... I he should not do comedy movies, I don't think. Just sort of period, full stop the movie, please. Uh, okay, uh, last we have another one watched with the missus called Intruders. Uh, this seemed right up her alley, so uh, I got myself a copy of it. Uh, we watched it, and mission accomplished on that front. Uh, Rating-wise, gee, this is kind of a tough one. I think I'll also go three, just because my desire to rewatch this, uh, I can't think of a situation in which I would want to rewatch it, but there were some, not many, interesting parts, a few twists, not really many turns. Uh, let me read the IMDA just to give you a little bit. Uh, Anna suffers from agoraphobia. So crippling that when a trio of criminals break into her house, she cannot bring herself to flee okay so that's interesting right there as a premise but let me continue on but what the intruders don't realize is that the agoraphobia is not her only problem huh huh yeah see sounds uh, kind of interesting and it was kind of interesting which is why it gets a three but uh overall sort of met a little on the mess side um, yeah, okay, so uh, let's continue on. I, I almost held to the timer there. Pretty close, pretty close. I think we'll be better going forward. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is First Footman Podiatrist. Podiatry. Podiatrist? Podiatry? One of those. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I feel like uh, I have to preface this, and that's kind of sad. It's a little sad that I feel that feeling. I, sh I shouldn't do it at all. I should just hop right in, but no, I'm going to. Uh, what we're talking about today is Downtown Abbey. First and foremost, I should say that I always call it Downtown to make it slightly less than Downton Abbey. Uh, and and the, the sort of preface I want to say is that this is available on Netflix and I needed a new show <laughs> and I'm a heterosexual male and before watching this show I literally, uh, because not knowing much about it, I made an assumption, okay? I made an assumption. I googled something along the lines of is there anything about the show, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember what it was, is there anything about the show Downtown Abbey that a heterosexual male would enjoy? And to be honest, the results were shockingly positive. They were, it seems that there's a lot. And after watching every single episode, I will freely admit, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, it was uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good. 
Uh, Rating-wise, what don't I do it here while I'm thinking about it? I can't go full 5 out of 5, uh, but I can easily go 4 out of 5. Uh, it surprised me, and maybe that was part of it. Maybe if I had gone into this thinking I would love it, uh, I may have uh, given it a, a lesser mark, but the fact that the seemingly there's no way in hell after reading the description of this that I would like this uh, <laughs> and then turning after watching five seasons of it uh, realizing that yeah you know what that's a pretty good show uh, that's sort of shocking to me and that shock probably brings the marks up uh, okay so let me read a little bit if you're not familiar somehow with this phenom uh, it's a period piece. Uh, there's basically... It's broken up into kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of two parts. Uh, there's the uh, Crawley family. So they're like the rich folks. Um, they're the... the, the ro not royals. Like they're, they're maybe differently related. Countesses and, and dukes and... I don't know. That, that sort of thing. Royals in the years... Uh, I think it ranges from, like, 1899 to, like, 1920, somewhere in that area. Uh, when when British royalty still was running the country, I, I think maybe as a way you could look at it. If, if that's not true, I don't know. Uh, okay, so you have that part, and then you have the butlers and the maids and the, the sort of behind-the-scenes people. Um, you have their separate stories, and then you have how their stories interact with one another. Uh, it is, and I can't say without ever watching a soap opera, <laughs> without without actually ever watching a soap opera, I could say that I think this is what a soap opera sort of feel is, because there's a lot of characters, uh, the things that happen to them are sort of very dramatic, uh, they're, they have separate stories, but then their stories intermingle with one another in various ways. Uh, there's a little plot twist at the end of each episode to sort of cliffhanger it and want you coming back for more. Uh, I will say that one thing it has going for it is that it's a BBB... BBB ooh, threw a couple extra Bs in there. It's a BBC... Oh, shit, was it BBC? Fuck. You know, I was realizing it had to be, right? Uh, NBC? What? Production company. I thought it was BBC. Okay, well, boy is my face red, you'll have to assume, as this is audio only. Uh, okay, well, let me say it this way. Because it's got a British feel and the actors are British, uh, that, to me, sort of kicks it up a few notches in terms of acting. Um, maybe that's a bias from a silly Canadian, but it's just how I feel. Folks, uh, hey, I recommend it. Why not Downtown Abbey? Small system. Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is 45 Pancakes. What? Uh, okay, so very, very special book banter in that we're going to talk about television. What? Yes. Oh, I'm such a trickster. Occasionally... 
Uh, and this is something that I somewhat recently started doing, but it seems to work well on several fronts, is that uh, on a week like this where I have not yet finished my book, uh, maybe I'll, I'll double up on a television talk. Because, in this case, uh, finished Downtown Abbey, and then uh, just after that moved on to a show called Review, uh, and finished season one. Uh, there wasn't that many episodes, so it uh, made it fairly easy to, to do. In fact, there's only nine episodes in the first season. So I uh, binged those down in a weekend and uh, thought I would double up on the television talks. Boy, howdy. Uh, okay, so uh, review season one. If you are unfamiliar with this program, it stars Andy Daly, among others. He's the titular reviewer. Uh, basically what it is, is he is playing the host of a television show uh, that reviews things. Does it, like this podcast, review books or movies or foods? No. It reviews the things of uh, everyday life to see if they are good or not. For example, uh, episode one, the things that are reviewed are stealing, addiction, and prom. Man, you know, looking at these, like, that feels to me like that was three separate episodes. They jam so much into these ep episodes. Uh, you know what? I'm look I got the Wikipedia page open, uh, and they give the ratings <laughs> that uh, Andy Daly's character gave each. So let me just spoil the first, uh, the very first episode. He gave Stealing 2, Drug Addiction, half a star. Going to Prom, half a star. Uh, should mention on that note that half a star is the bare minimum. There's no such thing as zero stars. So, uh, what does this what does this sort of mean? Because uh, I think in every example he doesn't really have experience with what he is reviewing. Uh, the show involves him going out and experiencing uh, life to its fullest and trying to really get a grip on, say, drug addiction. So, for that example, he got addicted to uh, cocaine? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got addicted to cocaine. <laughs> the best part of that one was high on cocaine, uh, driving, uh, being driven to rehab, sort of yelling at the camera that uh, a drug addiction, five, five stars, five out of five, it's the best thing ever. Uh, you're probably going to see me on screen shortly after this saying it's not good at all, but I'll tell you what, it's fucking amazing. Everyone do cocaine. <laughs> uh, stealing, uh, that sort of ramped up from shoplifting to kidnapping. Uh, that was good. Uh, just because he's really got to uh, dig his toes into it. I think from this first season, the sort of craziest uh, was everything that sort of revolved around his wife and divorce. So uh, someone, you know, emails uh, in into the show, uh, says, what is it like to be divorced? He is currently extremely happily married, but for the sake of the show, he must divorce his wife. Um, needless to say, it doesn't go over very well with his loving wife, uh, they end up getting divorced, and from that point on, he's sort of a sad sack. Uh, very reminiscent of 
uh, a couple of people. Michael Scott from The Office, little George Costanza in there. Uh, very, very cringy uh, in a good way. This is this, this is a good cringe. This is watching someone uh, live their life and realizing so, sometimes realizing where it's going and just being oh god, this poor, poor, poor son of a bitch. Five out of five for review. Today's game, a cabin sponsor, is Cubes. Okay, so uh, today we're going to uh, finish off our Witcher 3 colon blood and wine talk because I have completed it for the most part. Uh, I can potentially go back and do some contracts, um, but uh, this sort of a Steam summer sale came along and that kind of... Uh, distracted me from doing so for the time being so uh let's see so uh, what did i do i've got a few notes which is rare uh my main note just says fairy world exclamation point (laughs) uh yeah that was that was a cool idea Uh, i think it's something that has happened to me in video games before where i've been pulled into a book definitely been pulled into paintings before anyways uh cool idea where in this fantasy realm, I'm pulled into a fantasy book, uh, rather a fairy tale book, uh, a sort of Brothers Grimm book. Uh, I'm in there to rescue people uh, along the way. Uh, I remember sort of taking a screenshot as I was sitting astride my unicorn, uh, looking at the the beautiful uh, castle in the distance that Rapunzel lived in with the, 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 the rainbows and the butterflies and the, it really took the Witcher, which can be a dark game, uh, and, and made it this really crazy sort of land of, uh, fantasy in a world of fantasy. It, it upped the fantasiness to untold levels, which was pretty incredible. Uh, had a lot of fun in there, plus uh, had sex in there while floating through clouds. You know, the usual. Um, so, a lot of the latter half of this had to do with vampires, uh, the fighting of vampires, the choosing sides of which vampire I'm gonna go with. I, I don't know, vampire fights, fun. Um, murderous sisters, backstabbing. Uh, Oh, at one point, I sort of built up my house. Uh, They gave me a house with a vineyard uh, that apparently I'm going to retire to. So that was kind of a cool little bow on this package of Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. Witcher 3 in general, in fact, because this was the last uh, DLC. So uh, Blood and Wine, easy 5 out of 5. I I shouldn't even really have to say this if you've listened to any of my Witcher talks. Uh, Witcher in general, 5 out of 5. The whole incredible experience was... Incredible! Hey, that's two t- together. Uh, okay, so next, uh, Steam Summer Sale. Yeah, so you will, in the coming little while, probably have a lot of uh, game gabbins involving things from said Steam Summer Sale. Uh, I spent probably more than I should. I didn't go too, too crazy. Like, uh, the thing about the Steam Summer Sale that gets you 
uh, is not the fact that the games are expensive, it's that there's so many of them for such a cheap price that you end up buying a lot of them, which then adds up. That's how they get you. Uh, still, it's a, it's a sort of good in the sense that uh, you do this the summer sale, the winter sale, the whatever sale, you buy a lot, and then that'll hold you to the next sale, so you won't really have to buy anything. That's, that's what I... Uh, I sort of like about it. Uh, okay, so last but not least, see I'm running out of time, uh, is Minecraft. Uh, this sort of recently came back into my life, let me explain. Uh, I bought this, I, I found the, the email confirmation back in 2010, so quite a while ago. It was, I guess, just as it was sort of getting popular, maybe? Maybe even before it was popular. Ooh, maybe I'm like a... Uh, what do you call it? Early adopter when it comes to uh, Minecraft. Uh, the reason that I sort of found the email, dusted it off, if such a thing is possible, uh, reinstalled it, is because my uh, little nephew, how, geez, how old is he now? He's little. He's like a little kid. Uh, was coming over and he always likes to play games on my computer as a good uncle is supposed to do, right? Show their nephews how to play video games, as my uncle did for me, actually. Uh, so uh, I don't know why I didn't think of this until now, because we've done it, you know, f quite a few times now, where he's come over and we've played uh, various video games. I don't know why I totally sort of... I didn't put two and two together and realize that uh, the gamer kids that are younger fucking love Minecraft. They go Minecraft insane. It takes over parts of their brains and turns it into cubes. So, uh, finally having that click in my not-cubed brain, uh, I downloaded it, installed it, and uh, Jesus Christ. The, the, the weirdest thing about it was I'm like, oh, we're going we're gonna to play this new game that I got. And as soon as it was on, basically, he's like, oh, Minecraft. And this is from, uh, shit, how old is he? He's like four years old, five, four or five years old. Like, he's very, very young. Uh, I, I have no idea how he knew anything about Minecraft. Still at the age where this time he got it more than he has any other time. Um, that idea of looking around and walking at the same time. Like, uh, that takes a certain amount of gamership, uh, hand-eye coordination... Like, he can look around and he can walk, but doing both at the same time is not yet where he is at gaming developmentally. Uh, that being said, neither's the missus. She can't do that either. So it does take a little practice, that, that one sort of step that we as gamers take for granted. That's sort of the first stumbling block, I would say, for, for early gamers, the looking and walking. But uh, still impressed with what he was able to do. Uh, what I've sort of done in the interim... Because, uh, like, I just installed it and sort of didn't even look at it and threw both of us in feet first. Uh, what I've done uh, last weekend for next time he's over, sort of built, like, a really cool house and basically played it myself for quite a while. So that this time when he comes in, he'll have some equipment. He won't immediately be killed every single night by everyone. Uh, that that sort of idea. So next time we'll go in a little more prepared, and maybe we'll talk about it on this podcast. Hey, you don't know, you don't know me.
intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Black Hole Space Fill Garbage Dump. It's Black Hole. Thank you. Thank you. Who else should I thank? Perhaps Jerry Seinfeld for season whatever this is of comedians in cars getting coffee. Uh, this, like Minecraft, I know I was an early adopter on, tried to get people on board, and now it has exploded. I feel so hipstery. I was there before. It was cool, you might say. If you were, said hipstery. Hmm? Uh, yeah, so, uh, what did I watch? Uh, Jim Gaffigan, Margaret Cho, Judd Apatow. Incredible. Incredible. These little things. Uh, seemingly, and I think this is sort of my favorite thing about it, is that Jerry Seinfeld wants to do it, likes doing it, has fun doing it. Uh, he seems, not only from him just saying this, but also from his sort of personality, he seems like he wouldn't do a project if he didn't want to do it. Like, he wouldn't do it just for the money. Maybe one of the reasons of that is he got a shit ton of money, more than he knows what to do with. The other is that it's just he kind of has that feel of, yeah, you know what, uh, I don't really feel like it, and then won't do it. Which uh, I admire as a sort of personality trait. We're not all able to do that. Uh, someone like myself and presumably yourself has to do things they don't want to do but when there are moments in your life where you could say uh, you know what sure that would be good maybe I'd make some money but I really don't want to do it I'm not going to do it those are sort of freeing moments which uh, seemingly Jerry Seinfeld has shared with us in this show web series yeah, probably web series. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, he was great. They had like a camper van. Uh, Margaret Cho, that was an interesting one. Uh, and I kind of, well, let me explain that one. She apparently got in big shit uh, at a comedy show for saying something. Now, that right there pisses me off because there should never be a time when you're up on stage performing comedy, testing out comedy, maybe underline that, uh, trying to find where the funny is at, where you get in so much trouble that you're forced to apologize for things you said. I don't think that should ever happen. I think your your punishment for saying something should maybe be that people don't laugh. Uh, that That's your only punishment. Uh, but no, uh, she went back to where this happened, uh, gathered people who were upset, who sort of walked out, uh, and did a new show. So friggin' ballsy as hell for her. Very, very impressive on that front. Uh, the fact that it, quote-unquote, had to happen uh, sort of saddens me. Um, but still, good on her, bad on the people. Fuck them. <laughs> Do what you want, Margaret Cho, to find the funny. Don't let anyone tell you different. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, Judd Apatow, also amazing. <laughs> his, uh, his cool thing is uh, how when he was younger... A lot of cool things about him, but my sort of favorite cool thing of him is that when he was younger, like my age, uh, even younger, he would go and meet funny people, meet interesting people, and just talk to them and record it. Uh, and was this was before podcasts, obviously. He was just doing it for himself, doing it for shits and giggles. So uh, I, I like that about him in particular. 
Okay, uh, let's move on to the Nerdist Podcast. Haven't brought back one of those in a little bit, I do believe. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, this one, in particular, jumped out at me for several reasons. Uh, the guest was a man by the name of Hakim Oluese. Oluese, can you see... Uh, last name O-L-U-S-E-Y-I. He is a astrophysicist. And this great on many levels. Uh, the fact that uh, you can go online, listen to a very popular podcast, uh, podcaster, uh, talk to a astrophysicist for an hour and change and have the whole thing be absolutely enthrallingly, delightfully interesting... Uh, just the fact that that exists in this day and age uh, makes me happy. Just sort of period. So I uh, very much recommend you go experience that for yourself. The fact that there are, obviously, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the sort of probably most famous astrophysicist. Uh, the fact that I know the name of many astrophysicists for the reason of their they're becoming more and more famous. Uh, the fact that that exists now... Uh, gives me some hope for the future. Like, uh, I, I long for a day where uh, the Kardashians are replaced by the DeGrasse Tysons. Ooh, that might be the title of this episode. Uh, long for the day, long for day, uh, Tysons, uh, Kardashians. I, I, I think I can build from that. Okay, so look for that to be possibly the title. That's another exciting thing that very rarely happens on this podcast, and that is the title hits me while I'm talking, which is fun. Uh, speaking of hitting, The Escapist, judging a cover. Oh yeah, this is yeah pretty new addition to my uh, YouTube watching repertoire. Uh, if you are familiar with The Escapist, you most likely know uh, Zero Punctuation. Uh, they are very quick reviews of uh, video games, which I have spoken of on this podcast probably since the beginning. Uh, uh, Zero Punctuation is one of the very first sort of things that I would watch from the internet religiously every single week. Uh, and definitely one of the ones that is still around, that I still do so for, so... Uh, he has a, you know what, I don't actually know how long he's been doing this for as well. Basically, he'll take the cover of something, usually a video game, could be a movie. Uh, the most recent one was uh, something from E3, like E3 Armor. Uh, anyways, he'll he'll take a cover and judge it. Have the, the, the game judged by the cover. Uh, he'll do so in, as you can imagine, a funny manner. Highly recommend you watch them. So I talk of them here. Oh boy. Last but not least, in fact, most? No, maybe not most, but not least either. Somewhere right in the sweet spot. Uh, we've got Normal Difficulty, which is another one I felt I hadn't brought back in a while. He's been kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of uh, on again, off again, as far as what he posts on YouTube. Uh, everything he does post, I watch. Maybe not some of the wrestling ones. Those ones don't uh, do it for me 100%. Uh, 
but the reason I say this is because I think he's moved over to Twitch more than YouTube, which is sort of an interesting phenomenon in itself. Someone who was uh, very popular on YouTube, then sort of not abandoning the YouTube side of things by any means, just lessening that to focus more on a, the, the, the newer medium of Twitch. That's sort of interesting, uh, and probably he's not alone in that fact. Uh, I have not yet I've sort of dipped my toe into Twitch um, but I haven't really full flight gone in there and look for things to watch every week uh, maybe I will maybe I won't, we'll see anyways, normal difficulty uh, his fans uh, his Twitch fans, probably YouTube fans as well, but his Twitch fans made a uh, trading card game, uh, so basically it's, uh, how would you describe it, Pokemon-y uh, uh, what the hell is that? Magic the Gathering, that, that, that sort of style game. Each card is basically him in various incarnations. There was one where, like, somehow they found a picture of him as a baby. Uh, they were all ranked by emo-ness, uh, what his hair looked like. His, <laughs> it was really good. Uh, there was like 40 of them, too. He went through every single one. <laughs> the funniest one I remember was oh we were just speaking of Frieza there was one where he was it was like his face on Frieza but the tail was like his dick oh folks you know what I'm not going to do better than that so I will say as I like to do from time to time that it is nice to be nice to the nice done and done and I mean done done and done <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper